Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species. Select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. And, uh, man, uh, it is Tuesday here in Birmingham, and you don't have to look outside uh, very far to, to to know that it is a great time of the year. I mean, we got, man, 80 degrees are right there at it. And uh, beautiful today. No, we got some storms coming later this week, so I uh, hope that everybody is safe through that. And uh, maybe it'll be kind of like that last round week or so ago where it, it turns out to be not near as bad as they they predicted it to be. But, uh, man, it is springtime. Uh, been talking to a lot of fishermen this week. Everybody is catching fish, seeing a l- tremendous amount of big fish being caught. And, uh, man, these crappie guys uh, are also blowing it up. These, these crappie are moving up and and uh, getting on, you know, dock, docks right now are hot. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to be going out tomorrow doing that myself. But, hey, y'all don't want to hear from me. Y'all want to hear from the people that know a lot more than I do. And, man, we've got something very exciting. Coming to Alabama, we've never really had a fishing show expo, right? crazy that we haven't other states have them and and they're a success and and uh man we are really looking forward to the show coming up march 10th 11th and 12th and that's the alabama fishing show and expo in gaston uh y'all put that on your calendar i'll be up there on the 10th i'll be recording the podcast live up there it's going to be a fun time, and I'm, I'm so excited that these guys are doing that. And for our first segment today, we got a guy on here that knows the ins and the outs and what the show's going to be. He's been a part of the East Tennessee Expo, and now he's also a part of the new Alabama Fishing Expo. So, so welcome to the show, Mike Delvesco. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm fired up to have you on here today, man. I'm pumped up about this this expo coming to to Alabama. It's it's, it's about time. Yeah, I am too. And you know, it's part of the East Tennessee Fishing Show. It's from the same promoters, and you know, we were 
everybody was so busy getting the East Tennessee fishing show, you know, finished this year and that, that runs the end of January. And then all of a sudden the next day kind of reality set in and go, okay, time to, you know, as in years past, we got, okay, that show's done. We get a, we get the rest for a few weeks, you know, and we're right. Gears are, are engaged and we're getting ready for Alabama and it's been nonstop since the minute Tennessee got through and we're getting ready to rock and roll next week. That's awesome, man. Well, how'd the Tennessee show go? Was it a good show again this year? I heard, I, I've talked to several people that went, uh, we've got some other contributors to our show that call in that were up there with their products and, uh, and they were singing its praise. So how, how did it go from your standpoint? Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, we had a great show that the vendors were, um, really enthused about, you know, a full season of sports shows this year and people are buying stuff and, and they're, it just all around was good. We had a bunch of great seminars, a bunch of great speakers, and now we're, you know, shifting gears and bringing all that to Alabama. And just like you said, you know, Alabama is really not, and it, it is surprisingly that it doesn't have a really good pure fishing show. You know, it's got some boat, so, boat shows and, you know, some sports shows and stuff, but it does not have a pure fishing show that's, you know, 100% fishing stuff that people want to see. And it's uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Well, and you know, us people from Alabama, we're we're pretty sure uh, that as far when it comes to football, that Alabama's the greatest thing that's ever. You know, we're we feel like we're better than other states in most things, right? <laughs> that's just that's just how it is. And and I look at the state of Tennessee, and and you guys have built an incredibly successful show there. And Tennessee has some great lakes, right? I mean, they y'all have got some good fishing yeah. fisheries up there. But when you look at the state of Alabama, oh my gosh, do we have the fishing and the fishermen yeah. and the fisherwomen? So if it's a success in Tennessee, there again, I'm touting Alabama. I know, and you're a Tennessee guy, so you can hate on me, and I get it, but. We got a lot of people that fish in this state. Yeah, it is almost a mirror image. If you looked at, you know, Knoxville and, you know, the amount of lakes and how crazy those people are about their fishing and not just bass fishing, but, you know, every species. It's a, you know, the East Tennessee Fishing Show is a multi-species event. So we do crappies, stripers, catfish, bass, uh, even some saltwater stuff. And, you know, we're going to do that in Alabama, too. And I don't think there's another state other than Tennessee that I like going fishing more than Alabama. I, I love the place. I love Neely Henry. Uh, in fact, I almost, before I moved to Tennessee, I almost moved to Neely Henry. And uh, that because I fished a bunch of tour events there on that lake. And it, it's a beautiful part of the country. People are friendly. The fishing's great. And uh, back then, you know, they didn't have the venue at Coosa Landing. And when we found out that, you know, hey, there's an expo hall right here in Gadsden, you know, we, we took a serious look and Sheila Bunch, who owns the East Tennessee Fishing Show, uh, came, I came and looked at it first, told her about it. She came and looked at it and it was, she did, I remember her calling me one afternoon and says, guess where I am? And I, I was like, where? She says, I'm in Gadsden, Alabama, get doing the, doing the paperwork for the show for next year. So she says, you ready? <laughs> so like, that's how it kind of got sprung on me. So, man, she's a go getter, and she—I I had her on a, a probably a month or so ago uh, for a segment, and and she was such a pleasure to have on. You can tell she's she's one of those kind of make it happen people. She is no nonsense. When she puts her mind to doing something, it's like okay, here's, and, and I learned that pretty quick. I've been working with her now for ten years, 
uh, I do seminars at, at her shows and then I work with all the seminar guys, you know, just from being, you know, fishing for a living for so long. And I know everybody, it's easier for me to work with them and, and get them all set up and do the seminar schedules and MC and do media for the event. So, uh, and then I host her, she has a podcast as well. It, it's actually a, would it be a vodcast? Cause it's video. Uh, so, so yeah. I, I host that for her every week and uh, we bring uh, vendors and guests on that are going to be at the shows and highlight their products and give them a little a little boost you know that they couldn't get anywhere else so yeah she's uh she's no nonsense and that's what i like about her when if, if you got something to to get done it's going to get done well that's great man well you know we're, we're excited about the show like i said and and uh i've already talked to a ton of people that are going i know y'all gonna have some incredible vendors there but from your standpoint as far as what you do with the show you know kind of you know what what can we be excited about at this year's show so i'm pretty excited about the seminar lineup uh it's something that i worked uh pretty hard on trying to get the the people that we were able to get and you know for for a three-day show and, and of course it's march too so you know there's a lot of stuff going on there's you know people's other fishing schedules and tournaments and stuff going on and and other events it's but we were able to pull some pretty cool stuff off. We've got uh, Matt Heron uh, going to be doing some uh, Coosa River flipping presentations. We also have uh, a guy named Will Davis Jr., who's a, a up-and-coming rookie. In fact, if, you, if anybody watched the Elite Series, uh, the, the last two <laughs> the last two tournaments, they saw Will Davis Jr. Uh, he was he led the first day of Seminole. And he had a great tournament at Okeechobee. He had, so he's got two great tournaments under his belt. Uh, another guy right there from Gadsden, uh, Gadsden area, calls uh, uh, nearly his home lake. Uh, that would be West Logan. He's going to be there doing seminars. I am going to be there doing my sonar stuff, which is what I'm known for in the, in the industry is doing sonar applications. We've also got some catfish guys, uh, Stacy Gaston. And Aaron Churchwell going to be doing uh, catfish stuff. And then we've got kayak fishing, which you and I talked a little bit that you're really into the kayak stuff now. And so many other people are as well. And, and it, I think that may be the biggest um, segment of the industry that's growing the fastest next to the electronic stuff. I agree. People getting into, yeah, people getting into kayak fishing. And we've got Colleen McGowan, um, who's a young up-and-comer uh finished a bunch of high finishes in the last couple of years and then daniel perry uh also fairly young a little bit older than than uh Kali, but um another wealth of of knowledge in the kayak industry and we're, so we're gonna have kayak seminars all three days plus we've got on the water boat demos right there because the kusa landing is right next to the venue at kusa landing obviously so we're gonna have some demo boat rides kayak stuff uh, and then some really cool kids programs that we're going to do on Saturday, taking you, getting your kids into fishing. And that's presented by the uh, Coosa River Keepers, who they, they do a fantastic job all up and down the Coosa River chain. No doubt. Uh, educating people. And yeah, you know, you know well what they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. And yeah, how about, how about we had Will Davis, uh, we had him on the show probably a month, maybe a month and a half ago or something like that. What a great, I mean, this, he's a rookie. This is his first year in the big leagues and, uh, and he's already making waves, man. So excited for him. 
and uh, yep. all those guys. That it sounds like you've got an incredible lineup. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to to hearing these kayak guys and seeing all the new stuff. You're you're right. I would say that the kayak fishing, other than the you know, other than the the, the forward facing sonar, and, and obviously that's grown and like crazy. But kayak fishing is probably that next segment that that is the fastest growing because you don't have to you don't have to spend seventy thousand dollars to get into it and you still go fishing and, and do well and and have a great trip yeah. and these things have come so far man it, from what kayaks were you know 10 years ago even that that uh it's I, i'm gonna be in one in the morning so i'm gonna be shooting some docks trying to catch some crappie uh-huh. in the morning so i'm looking forward to that yeah so, so you say you can't spend seventy dollars a you know, trying to rig up a kayak, but I've seen some people try. That's for sure. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. 12 inch fish finders on them and side scan and forward facing sonar and power poles and motors. And <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's seems, crazy. Seems like yeah. To see who can put more stuff on a kayak and go fish with it. That's awesome. And I can't, I can't see what all you guys have up there and listen to those seminars. And there's going to be plenty of vendors up there for sure. So any, any product that somebody's looking for, whether it's big name, got big name products or, I mean, there'll be a lot of local made stuff yeah. there, you know, from, from guys from Alabama, Tennessee that are bringing their products into the show from all over the country, probably. Yeah. All over the country. And, you know, the thing that's cool about Sheila's philosophy and putting these shows together is that she, she doesn't want anything that's non-fishing related. So, and that's why East Tennessee does so good. It's probably the biggest collection of custom lure makers in the country, all under one roof. And and we're we're trying to bring that to Alabama too. Uh, it's going to be, you know, if you're looking for something. And one one of the things that that's kind of unique too is that a lot of these companies, these are the only shows they're going to go to all year. So if you don't get, you know, if you didn't get to East Tennessee or get to Alabama because it may be your only chance to see some of these custom guys at a show. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause these guys, it's not like you got there. There's some, you can't just go to a Bass Pro Shop and find this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Man, I, I'm excited for y'all's first year and I know that it's, it's, it's going to be a success and, and that it's only going to grow from there. So that's going to be, I'll make sure I got my dates. It's March 10th, 11th, and 12th, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. 10, 11, and 12th, three-day show. Um, you can check out um, Alabama Fishing Show on Facebook. I'm pretty sure that it's alabamafishingshow.com on, uh, on the web, too, but you can Google search and it comes right up. And then... Uh, those are probably the best two ways. I believe you can get tickets at the door or you can get them online as well. And I think the times are 10 to 7, 10 to 7, and 10 to 5. And that's okay. off the top of my head. Man, you you just answered a whole bunch of my questions all wrapped up into one answer right there with getting tickets and finding out info. So, uh, so yeah, so guys, go. Check them out on the Facebook page. Go to the website. And, uh, man, plan on getting your tickets. It's going to be, I mean, this isn't something just for the fishermen. I think you got, this is going to be something that's going to be fun. Bring your whole family, right? Yeah. Hey, that's great stuff, Mike. Man, I greatly appreciate you being on the show today. 
man, what a great guest. And, and guys, I know you'll want to see Mike on stage at the, the Alabama Expo at Gaston this coming weekend, March 10th, 11th, and 12th. He'll be doing some electronic seminars. And, man, they can't, uh, they can't hurt any of us to hear some get, – get better at that kind of stuff. So, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I look forward to seeing you up there, brother, next weekend. And, um, man, stay safe, and I'll talk to you then. Yeah, and we're getting ready to rock and roll next week. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures or visit fishbites.com. Also brought to you by L&M Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. A great first segment, and and I hope everybody uh, marks March 10th, 11th, and 12th on their calendar. Can't believe we hadn't had it here before, but our first ever fishing expo in the state of Alabama. And let's all, uh, man, take your family up there. Let's make this thing a success for those guys. I know it's going to do well, but hey, let's, man, I'm excited about our second segment. You know, we, we talk a lot on this show, uh, and we, about, uh, creating habitat. Now, we've talked with Norman with Southeastern Pond Management a ton about it. We've also talked with a lot of our anglers about it. And we've got some guys like Tony Adam. I mean, Tony spends tons of time uh, creating habitat in it so that he can catch fish the whole year long. The problem is that when you you create this habitat, you have to do it over and over and over. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money to do that. And what I'm excited about on this segment is that we've now got products out there that you can, you can put out one time and they last a lifetime. They last forever as far as creating that habitat. So welcome to the show from Texas Hunter, Chris Blood. What's going on, Chris? Hey Brian, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I, I hope I, I hope I was uh, segued that right. Uh, I said it lasts for a lifetime. I'm assuming that I'm correct on that. It is. Uh, everything's made out of eco-friendly material, similar to like what you'd see on a floating dock or a, a kayak. Uh, you know, things that are made to be in the water all the time. And so all the products that we make uh, are, are eco-friendly and, and they do last forever. They're built to 
placed out there where you want them and um, and you don't have to worry about them degrading like you do a, a natural material. Right. And and so let's let's back up just before I get ahead of myself here. So we I think probably most of our listeners are going to be familiar with Texas Hunter uh, and and your 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 products that, you know, you make for the hunting industry. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people are aware that you guys also have an angler line. And, and I think that's under the, it's under Texas Hunter, but I think it's under the Texas Angler is, is kind of what y'all rebranded that side, correct? That's right. Texas Angler Products um, is, a, is a brand under Texas Hunter, and that's what we've developed the, uh, the artificial fish habitat product line under. And on the Texas Hunter side, we also are, are known for our fish feeder, our automatic uh, directional fish feeders uh, that are patented and available in, in, in three different uh, capacities. Um, and, and we were looking for a way to expand into our, our fish feeder customer base and, and have a lot of questions about habitat and, and feeding fish and, and growing big, big fish, whether it's big bluegill or big bass and other species. And so we developed this line over uh, a couple of years working with Auburn University, uh, their design and the fisheries schools there, and came up with a, a line of fish habitat that we put under the Texas Angler brand. Well, that, that's really cool that you guys worked with, with Auburn on that. I'm an I'm a Auburn guy, so War Eagle. But, um, and what yes, a great sir. program they have there. Uh, so, uh, even though you guys are out of Texas, all that stuff was, you partnered with some people here in Alabama. So that's really cool that, that these ideas are coming from our state. Uh, I, I know they were awesome to work with. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago, we, we had one of our guys on and he's a, he, he's a crappie guy and man, this guy works really hard in, in the winter months and puts out tons and tons of of structure uh and and through talking with him he is he's made the comment on here before he says man it, it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of energy but i can write with our electronics are so good now that i can put something out and man it's standing up uh into the water column and then two years later it's all falling down on itself so you get about mm-hmm. two years out of that, and then it's gone, and, and you have to mm-hmm. to re to replenish that, which obviously is more time and more effort, and more work. So let's talk about that product to start with, and as far as structure that you might put out to to hold bait fish or or crappie or whatever it might be. Sure. Well, a couple of products for that is uh, one of them is our fish pyramid and that does a lot of different things it's uh it's uh made out of an hdpe material and it has some what we call shade blades that pass through it it's a pyramid shape with openings that we developed for uh forage fish to be able to access and and hide in and take refuge in from the predators and so it gives them a chance to grow bigger and um, and so and it provides shade for the the fish and and, and bass and other uh, crappie and other species. And so you can float these out 
under the surface in that oxygen rich water column, which is really like below the surface down to about eight feet deep in the summertime above that thermocline where that the fish are and the oxygen is. And so you can suspend them out there uh, by just anchoring them with a uh, cinder block and uh, a cable and rope comes comes with the product and or you can anchor them with that same cable with a cinder block to the bottom of the lake. And either way, they uh, provide refuge for forage fish and give those little guys a chance to to grow bigger. Um, and, and we place them on either side of our fish feed. Our fish feeder uh, has a pattern, a big broad pattern that blows the feed out into the water. And so we usually put a couple, one on each side of that pattern so the, the fish can come out and eat and get back in there and uh, gives them a chance to, to grow larger. And so that's the fish pyramid product. And then we also make what we call fish grass. And um, that product you can place out into the water and it's aquatic, it's essentially uh, artificial vegetation. And it's an attractant for the fish and it gives them a place to hide. And uh, it's made out of a, a polymer material where it's not susceptible to being snagged by a fishing lure. And so between the fish pyramid, attracting fish out there in the area and the fish grass that you can drop into place and have immediate vegetation, those are two great products that work well for fishing and attracting fish and enhancing that fishing experience. How tall is the grass? It comes in two sizes, uh, two foot and four foot lengths. And they come in six packs. And so you buy a six pack and you uh, attach them to a paver, a paved stone paver, just straps on with Velcro that's included. And we don't ship the pavers. You just buy those at your local hardware store. So you're not paying to ship those, the weight of it, but you open the six pack, get your six pavers, strap them on and just drop those, those grass uh, products in right where you want some vegetation along the shoreline or wherever you'd like. And it can also be cut the length. So if you have a three-foot area and you want to have it real close to the surface, you can get a four-foot six-pack and just trim it trim it down to what you'd like. That's what I was going to ask you is what the dimension of that was, how they came. Yes. The, the platforms that the grass attaches to are 18 inches square, and then there's four grass strands for each uh, platform that goes along the edge. So... Uh, there's a total of 24 12 foot 12 inch wide grass strands, and so with a six pack you can cover a lot of area um, with some vegetation. And the beauty of the artificial vegetation is that it's not going to overtake a pond or a lake. You don't have to go in there and and spray it with herbicides and uh, like a lot of this vegetation does that that kind of starts taking over. It's not. Uh, is snaggy, if you will, with a lure. You can drag a lure right through it. You're not going to snag your lure up on it like you do with a lot of other veg- natural vegetation. So there's a lot of advantages to it. Plus, it doesn't die back in the wintertime. That's right. It's there. It's there all the time. So like you were talking about wanting to fish year-round, that product is out there year-round. And those fish are hanging out around it, too, um, all the time. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. And 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 I'm gonna back up to the to the fish pyramid for a second. I I, I love the mm-hmm. 
being able to suspend that at the right depth is 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 really uh, that's a that's a great idea that you guys have come up with there uh, because you know a lot of times you know especially in their summertime let's just go back to crappie fishing again summertime crappie fishing i mean fish are you know you may be fishing in some pretty deep water but mm-hmm. in order to get you know if you're if you've got a cement block you know a five gallon bucket that you're putting limbs in or you know whether it's crepe myrtle cuttings or cane or whatever it may be to try to create your own in order to get that structure to the right height you you got to have some really tall long branches to get it up in the That's water right. column as high as you need to which mm-hmm. i mean that takes a tremendous amount of effort i mean you so with this product you you can actually go okay i'm in 21 i'm in 20 foot of water but i the fish are going to be at 12 to 15 feet that's where i'm going to want to be fishing so you can actually cut your rope or your line or whatever you put out attach it to the center block and it floats to the right to the right height that's exactly right that's really cool yes that's what people love about that product because you can even on we have some customers that have deeper water uh even like right up on the edge just because of the nature of the way the lake was was made um and so you can take that pyramid even in 12 feet of water you can have it floating there a couple feet under the surface and right there, you know, exactly where you want it. And the, 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 the pyramid itself, we make two sizes. One is about three feet high. And um, again, it's four sided pyramid. It takes up quite a bit of space with those, those shade blades that pass through it as well that create shade. And then if, when you suspend it, you're getting that, that entire structure, you're creating shade up underneath that as well. Yep. And then we make a larger, we call it an XL, Pyramid XL. And those, those are four and a half feet tall, those panels. And so that's a huge structure for larger lakes that you can put out there, uh, protect a lot of fish, attract a lot of fish. And uh, again, you can suspend those out in the water uh, column and you can also uh, anchor them on the bottom. And what a lot of guys are doing is also stacking the product so while that fish pyramid floats there we're seeing them put like a four foot grass out there on the bottom and say you got about eight foot or 12 foot you know eight seven eight twelve foot of water whatever it is putting a four foot grass out there um, on the bottom and then floating above that the pyramid so you're creating you know now you're creating seven feet of a structure uh, in, in a, in a, in an area there and, and the fish love that. So they've got the grass down below, they have the pyramid up above. And even on top of that, the surface, um, we make a floating, what we call lily pads and fishing lilies. And that floats on the surface. So creates additional shade. So we're seeing customers stack all these different products in a package. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to, to do that really. Cause it's just, it's more habitat in that same area and more shade and that's uh that's an important thing how so the the pyramid's four foot tall how wide is it they're four foot uh four foot wide panels so there's four 
four foot wide panels that that are attached together. They snap together. No tools or anything are ever required to put any of this stuff together. It snaps together, goes right in the water. So the the pyramid panels are four feet wide and four and a half feet tall, 55 inches tall. Uh, That's on the XL. Takes up 146 square feet. And so it's a it's a nice big product that you can put out there and, and protect a lot of those little little fish to give them a chance to to grow to a bigger size. Now is this something that's really easy to put together? So I, I'm just envisioning. I'm trying to envision. Do you do you put it together like on the shore, or or is this something that most people it's easy enough where they take it to the spot and put it together right there on the boat and then drop it over. Yes, both. You can assemble it. They're four quarter inch thick panels and they have prongs uh, on, on one side and a slot on the other. So they actually snap together with these prongs. And so uh, you, you, you snap the four pieces together to form the structure and you can do that either on the on the deck of a boat or uh, on a pier, or a dock, or on the side of the sh- you know on the shoreline. And then you press the uh, way the the wave braces, the shade blades we call them, through. There's slots in the pyramid that the wave braces pass through. So you pass those through. They stick out on either side to create shade. They also serve a purpose of preventing predator fish and cormorants and other predators that eat the, the forage fish, which by the way, cormorants, they can eat up to eight pounds of fish a day. So that keeps them from being able to get into the main structure by blocking them off the top and the bottom with these shade blades, these wave braces. And uh, so once you put past those through, it's completely assembled and you can clip on the uh, cable comes with carabine clips that just clip onto holes on the bottom of the pyramid, tie it to a cinder block and drop it out into place off the edge of the boat and lower it to, you know, where you want it or off the edge of a pier or, uh, or weight it out into the water, uh, place it out there where you want it. And that's, that's great. And I love the fact that it's, you know, that, that because, uh, the material it's made out of is kind of snag resistant too, I guess is a good word to use for it. Uh, I didn't lose, but eight jigs fishing yesterday, crappie fishing yesterday. So, uh, Hey, you add, that's, you add that up, man, it'll pay for itself pretty quick. <laughs> Just the right. lures right. that you save. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That HDPE material is, it's solid. It's, uh, it's what they make the, the decks on boats out of and, and those like jet ski parking, you know, those, those jet ski floating, um, jet ski. And, and it's a, it's a Marine board is what it is. Uh, so it's made to be in the water and in the sun all the time. It has a built-in UV to it, but it's, it's hard. So when you pass a lure through there, it's not going to snag that, that hook. And, um, and, and when they're suspended, even if you overcast, you know, and you're dragging your lure right by it, it, it tends to pivot. It, it's, it's suspended, so it's floating out there under the water surface, and it'll turn, and um, you know, as you drag your lures through it. So uh, that's another beauty of it. It's a it's fish attractant, and um, you're not going to snag your lures up on it. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, I know that you know we, we we've talked about the 
the the grass the lily pads which i love the lily pads too and i mean you can get those in different sizes as well and that just creates you know more shoreline you know vegetation shade just fishability it just adds fishability to your pond or your lake but i mean hey we're the fish are i mean it's getting warm the water's getting warmer here fish are starting to move up they're starting to go into bed so this time of year we talk a lot about spawning uh because it is getting that time of year y'all also make a product that's kind of designed around spawn right that's right we call it the spawning colony and um it's a round about a three foot round device that uh goes onto the bottom you want to place those in about two to three feet of water depth uh, ideally and um, you can just pour gravel in there uh that the that the uh, fish will naturally spawn on. And what's unique about ours, it's raised up off the bottom by about uh, seven inches or so, and there's slots in the side. So that what happens is a lot of times uh, when the fish start to hatch, those fry start to hatch, they come and the, the, the predator fish come and poach them right off the spawning bed. And uh, these spawning colonies have slots on the side in an area up underneath so that the fry can escape and get right in there uh, when they hatch. Uh, again, designed a, a conservation method to, you know, give them a chance to, to grow a little bit. Um, we see a lot of customers, and again, these are sold in six packs, so you can place six of the spawning colonies out there in your pond or lake, uh, pour a little gravel in there, and uh, they're good to go. It's very instant. A lot of these ponds and, and lakes have a lot of muck on the bottom and sludge and so forth. And uh, so it's hard for those bluegill and, and other forage fish and fish to, you know, spawn out there. And uh, so this gives them a chance and it raises it up off the water, creates that spawning bed up elevated off the off that muck and that sludge. Is, is there any studies, I mean, when you were working with Auburn on this, is there uh, any studies out there with like survival rate of nat in a natural uh, setting for, for fry that have just coming off the bed? And I guess that would be, and I, that's a very broad question because it would really just depend on what condition your lake was in. You're right. You know, if it was a bass crowded lake, it's going to be a lot different than one that's not a bass crowded lake. That's right. And it depends on the structure around, uh, you know, to where they have some protection. Uh, we have customers placing that fish grass right around the spawning area. So, you know, they can also get into that. And then, of course, the pyramids are ideal for protecting fish. And so they, they work together. But in natural environments, you know, with rock piles and uh, other other natural habitat, those are good too to have around. And uh, so, depending on the lake, and everyone's different, would depend on the survival rates. You know, I think on the on the forage and the fry that come off these spawning beds. Yeah, I would agree. But you know, I. I know with with talking with Norman with with Southeastern Pond Management, you know one of the things that that he talks about a tremendous amount is, and it's probably honestly, it's probably one of the biggest challenges of of owning a lake is that 
if you don't take enough bass out every year over time, it will get bass crowded, too many bass. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when your lake gets to that condition, your bluegill, brim, forage fish, they go, they go on the bed, they hatch, and then the bass eat it like popcorn. And then the rest of the year, they starve to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mm-hmm. there's not a very high survival rate of of the, right. the new that you know the 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 little ones. So this product yeah. is something that can can definitely help. Uh, it's obvious to see how it could help with survival rate uh, and getting those fish to a to a bigger size to where they can That's continue right. to thrive. That's exactly right. The it gives a customer uh, ability to, to create a spawning area in, in an area where if they just pour some gravel out there over, you know, the years, it's going to get covered up in silt and so forth. And, and so it provides, a, it's a product that you can put out there for that, but also creates that, that escape habitat built into it, which is, which is great. And, um, and talking about the forage and, and growing to a certain size, those oval slots that we designed into the fish pyramid, those aren't just an arbitrary uh, size. We, we designed those to uh, allow for uh, the bluegill and other forage fish to get in there and take refuge. But at a certain point, they, are, uh, they can't get in to that slot. So they get to a point where they're actually an ideal meal size for a bass. And so for those customers wanting to grow trophy bass in a, in a lake, those fish pyramids enable a customer to put those out there and grow those forage to the size that a bass can, can have a, a good-sized bluegill as a meal. And they're not expending a lot of energy chasing five or six or eight or ten bluegill around the lake all day and using up that energy. They can conserve that, and we can deliver a larger bluegill for those those trophy bass, so that they're they're not expending as much energy to to feed on, um, so it assists with the food chain, and and that's also a feature of that fish pyramid that the customers love. Yeah, I, you know, I, I say that all the time. We we you know, I live uh, my driveway is really steep and really long, and uh, it's an effort to to walk back up from the mailbox sometime. But I always use the example. It's like what I want, you know, if I have to run to the bottom of the hill to eat one slice of pizza and then run back up to the, you know, the hill and then run back down to mm-hmm. get another one, I'm burning so many calories that I'm not going to, I'm not going to gain any size. Right. But if that's, I can exactly. run down the hill and, and eat the whole pizza and then that's run right. back up, then I've, I've, then I'm growing. And, and, that's a great uh, analogy. which which I don't want to grow, <laughs> so I need to just eat that one slice. I'm, yeah. I'm big enough, but it is a it is a good picture of what these uh, of the difference in having the right size forage fish compared to to really small forage. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, what what's uh y'all got anything any any new products you're working on going to be coming out? Or are we just trying to just grow on what we got for now? I know y'all are always thinking and working. Yes, sir. Well, we have a lot of accessories and uh, other habitat designs. With with Auburn, we actually 
ended up uh, with their design students there in two different semesters, came up with about 168 different designs. And we started with this first line, but we do have some other products that we're working on. In addition to that, some accessories to go with these products. For example, um, we're working on this year, this spring and summer to release some uh, two-inch wide fish grass strands that attach to the outer edge of the the top edge of the spawning disc. So in addition to having the spawning bed there, customers will be able to add a grass feature around the edge to create additional protection and cover for the fish. And uh, that also can be attached. Those grass strands can also be attached to the top of the, the pyramids. So if you end up putting the fish pyramid on the bottom of the lake, then you'll be able to add grass to the top and float above like four foot strands or two foot strands of grass above the pyramid. So it creates an additional habitat and attraction environment, some cover. Um, so we are working on some, some uh, releases of that uh, this year. That's interesting too. I can see where that would be a value. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was sitting here thinking about it. You, you don't, you don't have to own, I mean, there, there's people that, that own their own pines, their own lakes, whether it's three acres or, or 15 or 20 or 30 acres. And obviously there's, there's value in these products for that. But I mean, there's a lot of people who own lake houses around here, man. Tons of people in Alabama either live on Lake Martin or Lay Lake or Logan Martin or have a camp house there and have a pier that, uh, or a dock that they, they like to fish off of. And then in that same token, you know, you, you, they put out Christmas trees or they put out whatever it may be, but they've also got their kids or grandkids swimming in that area. And, and you, you, you know, you never know what you dive down and with limbs and branches and stuff. I, right. I, I think it would be, I think it would be an excellent product to, to also have around your, your docks. If you live on one of the big lakes around here, not just a private pond. Yes, no, for sure. We have a lot of customers placing that grass, those that fish grass around uh, docks, and it just met, you know docks are natural attractant and create shade, and people you know you're fishing around the the post and the under up under the dock, and adding fish grass up under there just is a big plus because vegetation typically doesn't grow up 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 under there as much because of all the shade, so you can create this artificial grass. Uh, structure up underneath the docks and that's a big that's a big plus and a big attractant uh yeah that would uh, be huge right there if you put some of that four foot grass up under the the dock where there's already shade and structure created in fact if anybody does that would y'all please contact me so i'll and tell me send me a gps location where you do that so i can i can come shoot shoot the dock with a jig and catch some of your crop there you go that's right (laughs) that'd be excellent that's a great great way to attract fish to your dock from your neighbor's dock exactly Exactly. Chris, man, y'all got some great products and, uh, I, I know they're doing well and they're just, y'all going to continue that line and can, and continue to do well with it as, as more and more people find out, uh, about the products and man, hats off to what y'all been able to accomplish with, with Auburn university. Thank you, Brian. Well, we appreciate it. We had a lot of fun and 
And uh, we love the, the fishing industry and, and being in this market and with our feeders and, and with the habitat line now. And so we really, uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And Heck so are yeah. our customers. That's awesome. And, and our friends at Southeastern Pond, I, I wanted to mention, you know, as far as availability goes, they're the go-to for the fish habitat, the Texas angler fish habitat. So uh, reach out to your local Southeastern Pond management office and talk to those guys about, you know, what you need and what would be ideal for your particular pond or lake, and they can definitely help. Well, and that's the next question I was going to ask you is, this is products that do people need to go to your website? Do they need to go to Southeastern? Are uh, or, or both options available? Both options are available. Um, and, and we really encourage customers to talk to their local lake management company about you know, what would be ideal because every lake's different, uh, depends on what type of fish, what their, what their goals are for the, for the fishery. And so involving your local lake manager is ideal because they'll be able to really help and guide you on, uh, creating some, some areas that would be, uh, ideal for the structure based on depth and the, the species and, and your overall goals of what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. And then we do uh, sell the product on our website. It's texashunter.com and texasanglerproducts.com. Um, we've got videos there that show the products. And so depending on where you are in the country, if you don't have a lake manager uh, and you're looking for somebody to, to guide you on this, then give us a call and uh, we can help you with uh, finding a local lake manager that we work with that's, that's close to you whether it's for placement of vegetation or, you know, buying fish or water quality, uh, they handle all of that. So those both options are available. That's good stuff, man. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time, man. I love having you on here and, uh, guys reach out on the website, uh, reach out to Norman or any of your other Southeastern pond management guys to get more information and uh, more insight on these products and uh man good luck in the future with it chris and man we'll, we'll, okay. we're, we're anxious and to to get some response from some of our listeners and and see how they're see how they're using it yes for sure well thank you brian appreciate your time and and good fishing talk all to right you same soon. to you chris talk, take care buddy and we'll talk to you again soon thank you all right guys let's take a couple minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors the all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama at the venue at the Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, March 10th through 12th. The only true fishing show in Alabama featuring all things fresh and saltwater fishing. If you fish, don't miss the latest fishing gear, equipment, and apparel. Custom tackle, lures, rods, reels, electronics, and gear. March the 10th through the 12th, $10 for adults, $8 for kids, five and under get in free tickets are available online or at the door free parking learn more at alabamafishingshow.com we hope to see you there also brought to you by mb ranch king hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the usa with durability and convenience in mind mb ranch king's maintenance free blinds are built and constructed with high grade steel and come in variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs we also offer high quality easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground 
call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. Also brought to you by National Land Realty. Hey guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, awesome segment with Texas Hunter and Texas Angler. Man, I think it's 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 really cool that the products that they're offering that we can put out that structure and fish attract it and it lasts a lifetime and not having to put out Christmas trees and, and things like that and have to re replenish it every two, three years. So uh cool products. Go on the website, check them out. But hey, let's get into segment three. One of my favorite guys to have on here, Mr. Lee Pitts. What's going on, Lee? Man, what's happening, guys? Glad to be back with you. Man, we love having you on, brother. Love having you on. Hey, I especially love having you on today because my neighbor has been killing. I mean, he caught, I think they caught 63 days ago. Thank you, 48 the day before that, shooting these docks and got oh, me fired man. up. So I called you the other day. I think I called you from Bass. I, I think I may have yeah. called you from yeah. Bass Pro Shop. And I, I got all rigged out. And I went yesterday to shoot docks for the first time in my life. And uh, I caught some fish. But I got some questions around this. <laughs> that, that's one of the things. Once you get started, that's when it does start. Right. So, and know, I, of course, you know, you know what I did. The first thing I did is I, as I went to YouTube and I, and I, and I entered, you know, uh, shooting docks for crappie and guess what the first video that popped up was captain, Uh-oh. Lee Pitts, captain Lee Pitts. <laughs> so I watched your video. Well, let, let me, let me ask you this. Did, did, uh, you had to wash, uh, any blood off of you through the day or was you pretty safe on your first go around? I was safe, but the reason I was safe is because I watched your video before I went out, to be honest, because when I was sitting well, here practicing, I was sitting here practicing in my house and I was holding that jig by the head and, yep. and I was thinking to myself the whole time I was doing it, I was sitting there thinking, well, what if this hook turns, you yeah, know, it's, it's going to bite you. It's going to bite, bite you. you right? It's going to bite you. Yeah. And so when I watched your, your YouTube Dale, you were saying, hey, guys, one of the first things you were saying was hold this sucker by the hook, not by the head. And uh, that, That's one of the biggest mistakes I see with a lot of people. And, and I've seen guys grab it by the line above the head, and then that way it's twisting all kind of ways. So, it's uh, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of, you know, you're figuring it out. And, and it sounds like you had a, a productive day. So it sounds like you, you fell right into it. Well, it, it, productive in one sense. What I was impressed with, which, you know, Lee, I'm a phenomenal athlete, right? So I pick up stuff quick. Watch <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we are finally seeing machines. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. But I was, I was really, I was really shocked at how, quick 
you can be accurate with this and how far you can shoot that sucker up under that dock and how accurately you can do it. It, you know, I, I, like I said, I practice at the, uh, I practice in the living room, you know, for a few minutes the night before, but then when I got out there and I was in my kayak, so I'm low anyway, and I can see up under those docks, but man, when you, uh, you can shoot that sucker way up under there and be really, really accurate with it. Oh yeah. I'm really surprised. And I'm going to tell you, you in that kayak too, man, you, you down there like a little sniper, you can, you, ain't kidding. you can put it right in there where it needs to be. That's right. Herein lies my question. Once you shoot that jig under there, the problem I was having in my mind is what do I do with it now? Now, now you got to also understand this yesterday was probably the first crappie I've caught in 20 or 30 years. I hadn't, oh, I, I've, I've only bass fished for the last forever. And, uh, so I'm just now getting back into, I'm fixing them, probably put the bass up and just, I, I may just start crappie fishing. Who knows? But so for somebody that's an experienced crappie fisherman, maybe they'd have known they'd have been a little better than me with that. But in my mind, it was really hard to, to know I, I'm trying to envision that, that jig and I'm trying right. to keep it in a certain water column, maybe, and don't know really where that is. But when you shoot it under there, are you just letting it fall? Are you just taking a slack out of the line and letting it fall and come back to you? Or are you really, what do you do after you get it in, after you get it under the dock? Well, and, and that's, that's a really good question because, you know, and, and that's the bass fisherman in you too. As soon as it hits the water, I got to be doing it. I'd be, yeah, I got to come on with it. The biggest thing is let that bait, it's a, it's a natural fall. I don't want to give it slack. I try to keep a little bow in that line. So, so you're watching the line at all times. And when you shoot it in there, I'll pick that rod tip up a little bit. Still got that bow in that line. So if one does thump it, you'll see that twitch, see that so line you've got jump. Just a slight, when you say a bow, you just slight slack in the line. Yeah, j just enough that. You know, you, you're not trying to, because you're dealing with some light baits. If you try to keep that line real taut and coming to you, you're pulling it away from them. I let it fall like it's on a pendulum. You know, hey, it, it just kind of swinging back and forth. So it's kind of coming to me a little, but it's still getting a good fall to it. And uh, and then you can play with that water, uh, the water column, play with where the fish are. Once you start getting bit, you know, and that's one good thing about fishing docks once you find that kind of uh the depth that they're holding in that'll hold true on through the the your selection of your docks and where you're going to so a lot of times i may if i'm fishing a eight ten foot dock and those fish are down there six seven feet when i shoot it i, I may i may drop that rod a little bit but i'm still going to be watching that line i want to be able to see what happens that way in case one does hit it I know he's got it, and and that's the key to it. That's why I like that. I like that high vis line, you know, something that I can really watch. And even if you got a little wind blowing on it or whatever, and just play with it. That that that's the um the the key to this, and, and what's so uh fun and alluring to this is that you you can do different things. You know, you may have two guys in the same boat. That well, I kind of like to do it this way, and I like to. You can be successful and, and do two totally different things with it. 
Yeah, I think that was what I was doing wrong, Lee, is I never had slack in my line. Okay. I yeah. never had a bow yeah. in my line. As soon as it would hit the water, I was reeling the slack out of it and was probably, you know, I would let it fall a little bit, but then I'd slowly reel. And yeah. so I was pulling away from the fish. Yeah. A lot of times those better fish, you may have to dig through some of them to get to those, the, the better fish laying a little deeper or not quite as aggressive. So that, you know, play with that bait a little bit. And I'm going to tell you something else too. A lot of it's got to do with your angles. I, I've had several times me, me shooting a dock and, and so many people, and you think about this, you want to run straight into it, just come right in on the water, right to the face of it and just shoot from corner post all the way through to the other corner posts. That's mm-hmm. fine depending on how these fish are set up, but I'll start from behind on the corners because so many times I can only get them to bite by shooting it all the way out towards the open water and bringing it back uh, towards the bank from the corners. Yeah, so playing those, you know, playing the different angles on that. I've I fished a dock pole and got around to the other side and shot back to that same dock pole, but I'm coming at a different angle and start catching fish when I didn't catch them just straight on, face on. Right. And are you targeting so, when you're shooting another, are you targeting the pole? You're wanting to come by the poles, right? I, I'll play with it. If you can see brush piles in there, you know, then you know to kind of hit the sides of that brush pile and, and it's a, you got a 50, 50 chance when, if you see a dark spot and you don't really know how deep it is, you, you probably going to lose a couple of them precious Bobby Garland baits, but you know, you got I only it. lost 10 yesterday, I think. Oh man, you're right on track. You're doing great. Dude, I'm so frustrated, (laughs) but there, there again, this is the experience part, right? Because you've got to look at kind of how those, um, a lot of times those, they've got cross posts in there or cross there. And if you you don't, you you don't see them until you find it with your Bobby Garland. Yeah, that's it. And and, uh, to something too, just, uh, I was just sitting here thinking about it. I had a, I got rained out today, so I'm sitting out here in the truck looking out there at the lake, and I know where I could probably go catch me too right now. But so anyway, long story. But, you know, play with the with the size heads you're using too. A lot of time it's in that fall, and, it, and if you're getting hung more, you may want to go to a lighter head. That's going to slow that fall down. And, uh, a, a, you know, sometimes I'm using a, a 124th, 132nd. Uh, I, I'll even use a 148 sometime when, when it's just, you know, if you got a, a calm day where the wind's not going to blow it, but just let that thing, I mean, just barely falling down through there. Sometimes if you got that 16th or something like that, it's a little too heavy and you do have to speed that thing up. Well, see, that's what I was using was a 16th. Yeah. You, so I may have been you, a little heavy. downsize a little, yeah. Cause yeah. That's, that's a pretty quick fall right through there. And then you uh well and that's what i was noticing when it was hitting the water i mean i was watching it and i was like man that thing's falling fast yeah and that's why in my mind i was like well if it's falling that fast it's you know if i'm in eight foot of water it's gonna be there in just a second and (laughs) uh, and i'm gonna have to reel it to keep it up and and that's that's the thing like i said just playing with it and knowing that uh you know and, and you'll get that bow and that line better and and also you'll get a better feel with it 
with that lighter head on there. That like I said, I like a one twenty fourth and even a one thirty second uh, a whole lot of times. Well, I got uh, to go. The thing I got you to watch. Yeah, is if the wind's up, it's hard to throw those lighter heads because it's going. It's just going to pull it out from there and not give yeah. it time to sun. Well, yeah, yeah, and you know, if depending on how they're running, you know, running the water too. If you're fishing right. on the main lake, you know, and you had a lot of current, you you might need that sixteenth. But I probably need to go back and at least go get me some twenty, you know, twenty fours. Yeah, I, I think, and you'll you'll like it better because it gives you more time. Uh, it's a slower fall, and, and you really can feel like coming by those poles. You can watch your line and see, and and if you feel that pole, you can ease it away from it before because when when that heavier head hits it, it's done bit into it. It bites into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I didn't lose, but I think eight yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like anything else. It's it's like a golf swing. Some days, man, you 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 get out there and everything's smooth, and you're skipping it, and you're doing it, and you're thinking, "Hey, man, I can shoot this thing behind my back, and it don't matter." And then other days, it's you you going it's it's going to be foul ball, foul ball, just one after another. So it's it's one of those things. You know, some days. Uh, are, are better than others. I, I do it. I'll have those days where I think, man, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to kind of show out a little bit. And uh, then you get to trying to either over overshoot it, pulling it back too far, or, or want to try to be a little fancy with it. And that's when you start seeing that uh, every day is yeah. a different day. Yeah, well, I had one of them days. Yeah, you'd have been you'd have been very disappointed in me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I was hanging up. But, you know, you – that's the other, you, you don't really know what people have thrown out around there. I mean, they may be all kind of stuff that you can't see, uh, yeah. that they put around yeah. their docks or under their docks. And, and, uh, so, you know, hanging, hanging up's part of it. And I caught a couple fish, you know, I didn't get skunked, but, um, and, and the main, and, and look, I went out in the middle of the day yesterday, so I didn't go out at the, at the perfect time. But, uh, the main thing I wanted to do is practice shooting the docks right. and making sure that I could do it. But is there a certain dock that, uh, what are you looking for in a dock to hold crappie? I mean, you, there's you so know, many I, little, there's so many little walkways and so many little small docks. And then you got your boat slips and you got floating docks and you got, there's so many different types. Is, is there a certain one that you look for? You know, and a lot of that is going to be depending on what time of year it is, what time, uh, how far back these fish are getting. I, I really like to start out this time of year and more of your, let's say, your, your secondary little points going into these bays because the fish are already starting to get in there. And, and something maybe in a creek swing, you know, you got a little channel swing right there that they may have a little bit more water on it. And the biggest thing is I, I really rely on my hummingbirds. I mean, a whole lot. I'll look at these docks. I can I can put that thing on side imaging and, and check it out. But the biggest thing is depth-wise. I know a lot of times here, these fish may not be on those 10, 12-foot docks. They may be on those four, six-footers. You know, and it's just the time of year it is. And if they've got brush or no brush or something like that. But uh, different things. Once you kind of through the day, it's, it's just like you bass fishing. Once you kind of figure out, okay, hey, I'm not getting bit 
on that deep crankbait out there, but I can take a spinnerbait around wood cover and I'm starting to get bit. Same thing with that dock shooting. You just, you put together a little bit of a pattern and it'll hold on that lake. Uh, usually any, any of the bays that you go into, you can pick it just like you did the one before and the fish will set up about the same. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes it's just kind of, kind of trial. Yeah. Kind of knowing the time of year. You know, where, where this time of the year, like you said, they're probably, they're probably more on those secondary points and stuff like that. You know, another month from now, they may be back yeah. in the creeks and those on those dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you may be in that, like I said, you may be in that three foot of water. And that's when I really like to go with that one thirty second, something a little slower because you're, you know, you, they still got time that to, they can make a move on it and get it, even in that skinny water. Yeah. And another thing, you're talking about midday on some of that. The biggest thing that I really like, you know, I, I've seen it before where these fish, if you've got later in the afternoon and that shade is, is cast way off to the side of, of a dock, it doesn't necessarily always have to be underneath it. I, I've got where I'm skipping out there sometimes and, and just letting it make a commotion to get their attention. I'll skip out through there in that shade line. And, you know, even though I may be six, seven feet from that dock, they'll just lay out there in a comfort zone in that shade line, too, and you can do the same thing. Well, and and the other question that I was going to ask you is, so like yesterday was a cloudy day. I mean, it was even raining and sprinkling a little bit, but never saw the sun. Right. I would think that it would be better to shoot docks on days when you have sun. It, it, It is. Yeah. They'll still hang around it if you got, you know, the bait and that, but it really pushes them under there. Uh, when you got those bright sunny days, it'll push them up underneath there and wad them up better. Yeah. They'll, they'll concentrate them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll concentrate them good when that sun's out. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I'm going to do better next time. Lay a promise. Oh, you don't, you don't yeah. got the fever now, man. You, yeah. you ready. You, you done got the fever on it and you're ready to roll. Man, I got my I got my Lowe's rod, got my high vis four pound test line, and got my Bobby Garlands. You know, there's 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 lots of different colors of, of heads and stuff. Um, do you have some favorites that you that you I'm sure you do. Kind of what color head do you go with? You know, there's a lot of times and I'll take guys out and they'll think I'm playing with them or kidding with them. And this sounds crazy, but, you know, different waters, different colors is going to match. But our, our Coosa chain of lakes, and, and even over at Gunnersville, you know, I like an orange, you know, something like that. I like a dark blue head, and I like a pink head. They'll laugh at me because I'll have something pink on there, and they said, okay, you just trying to – you kidding with me. I said, oh, no. I said, that pink head now, something about this yeah. color water, that, and that orange – Either they can they can pick it out a little bit better, or or it flashes different or something. But that's really the the three that that blue, pink, and orange is what I use the majority of the time, whether it be on my dock shooting or if I'm out longlining. Yeah, uh, it's just something about it. It really really does well for me uh, on these Coosa lakes. Yeah, I got to go get some more. Which I got to obviously I got to get some more because I lost most of mine, and uh, <laughs> it sounds like I also have the wrong size. I need to downsize a little bit, but I had, a, I had the white with the red eye just because that's about all they had left on the shelf when I went. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I need to order but me some it, more. It's uh, and you know, I love my, my black chartreuse 
Uh, I like the, the Cajun cricket, uh, the bluegrass, and, and when I can get water clean enough, man, the, the all-time number one favorite is that monkey milk. That's what you I know, fixed that, it with yesterday. That monkey milk. I, I, I'm going to let you in on another little secret right here. And I don't know if you've looked at it, but I, I was at the Bass Pro Shops this last weekend. Have you seen our new Mayfly? No. Not just the color Mayfly. We got a whole new design, a whole new bait that is called the Mayfly. And it's got brand new packaging. It, it's just a, it, it's a pre-scented, pre-oiled. This right here is just going to be dynamite, man. The, the Mayfly is a little bit thicker body. It still has your stinger tail that comes off, but it's got those appendages, you know, like a like a mayfly does. And this is almost looks like some of like a glide bait type deal. And man, you talking about not only getting around brush with this thing, but I believe when it gets right and skipping this bait around these docks, it's going to be dynamite because this thing it's a and you'll you'll see you'll see the difference in the packaging it almost has a a look of a a, a wet white type deal it's got a a square little packaging with a top on it that you pop it up from the top it, it you set it back down to reseal it and you push the bait from the bottom through a, a little uh, slit that's on there so you don't have to dig your hands all in it. You just push it from the bottom, comes up. Ch- check it out. It's going to be at your Bass Pro Shops, and all your Bobby Garland dealers are going to have this. The, the new Mayfly is going to be yeah, great. Yeah, I'm going to go check that out, because I can I, I can see where, you know how Mayflies get all on the docks, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see where that would be a, a dang good bait to have. And we've got it in, I think, eight different colors right now. Uh, some, you know, the most popular colors we've got, the, the, the new Mayflies going, is, is in it. So yeah, check it out when you go. I, I've got, I've got all mine in, got it situated and, uh, I've already started just playing with it a little bit, even long line and catching some fish on it. So when these fish start getting on these docks around here, I think, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be what everybody's looking for. Well, I'm going to go out again this weekend. I'm going to go with, and, and I'm going to go with my neighbor who, who, has been doing this for a while and and uh hopefully i can learn and, and get a little better at it and uh for your sake i hope i do because if i don't i'm gonna be calling you and you're gonna have to put up with me in your boat <laughs> oh man come on hey you're always welcome come on <laughs> hey I, I i do want to man we have a ball it'd be fun and uh and man i look forward to uh hopefully i'm gonna get to meet you see you in person and hang out with you at the gaston fishing expo next weekend that'll be a good time we're gonna have a good time like i said i'll be there and uh i'll be there with bucks island i'll be there with the uh, cherokee county chamber and with the greater city of guests and fish neely henry so i'm gonna be there all weekend and plus i'll be giving falcon rides you know if if you've not ridden in a falcon boat come on down i'll be there with bucks island and i'll have my falcon in the water so, guys, come on down there and see us. We're going to have a good time. Well, that's one of the cool things about the venue they're doing this at is it's right there at the landing. And so you can you you can, you can can actually get on the water with some of these guys like yourself and check check boats out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be uh, – we're really excited about this coming up, and I think we're going to have a, a, a big crowd, a lot of people, a lot of vendors are going to be there. And uh, if, if you want to see and learn and – be around the fishing industry. I mean, this is going to be the place to be. So it's, it's going to be a great time, great weekend. We're looking forward to it. 
Good stuff, man. Well, Lee, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, I know you booking up. It's that time of year, but how can they reach out to you? The best way, just give me a call, Lee Pitts, 256-390-4145. Good stuff. Y'all reach out to Lee, and, and hey, don't hesitate to get on that YouTube and subscribe to his channel, too, because he's got some got some very good stuff on there. Lee, I appreciate all your help, man, and appreciate you being on here on the show today. Man, thank you. Always enjoy it. And looking forward to seeing you next week. All right, man. Me too. Stay safe. I'll holler at you then. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metal Works and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, awesome show today. Always love having Lee on here. He's a he's a he's a hoop man. He's a good time and and obviously his his knowledge is is vast when it comes to this crappie world. And it's a great time to be out there, guys, and and try to do something like I am and new learn a new technique and and uh, guys like Lee and other guys that we have on the show are a great resource for that. Texas Hunter, my goodness, man, great products that they've come out with. Y'all be sure to get online, check them out, and I hope to see everybody. The first ever Alabama Fishing Expo in Gaston. I'm going to be set up there somewhere, uh, doing some live recording for the podcast. Hopefully, I'm going to be up there on stage. If you see me, man, come by. If you listen to the show, please, please come by and introduce yourself and uh, give me some feedback. I always like to hear the listeners' feedback and, and meet the people that make this show happen. So, look forward to seeing y'all all there. But that is a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the show and join, listen to the podcast, take a minute, subscribe, rate, leave us a review. Uh, and if you'd like us to email you the show, we'll do it. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email it to you each and every week. Stay safe out there, guys. We'll see y'all in gas the next weekend. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. For more information, visit www.NorthAlabama.org and click on Plan. 
to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. Check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. And by and Botanist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And by the all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama, March the 10th through the 12th. The venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, alabamafishingshow.com.